Hello and welcome to Life with Forensic Podcast, a place where you will find all types of conversation like mental health, self-love, self-care, trauma, hobbies, and more. With this place, I want to create a community where we support one another in personal and business life. Hope you enjoy this episode. Now, let's get the show started. On today's episode, I have the pleasure to talk to Anne Bland. I hope I say her name right. <laughs> and I met her through Woman in Podcasting uh, group on Facebook. You know, I love that group that Jennifer Hensel has created for podcast hosts to find podcast guests and podcast guests to find podcast hosts, learn how to monetize your podcast and so much more. Anyway, so Anne is a tantric and relationship coach, and she is the podcast host of Tantric Sex for Lovers and Others. I really can't wait to start this conversation. So welcome, Anne, to my show. Tell us, what is life with you? Sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me. I really feel honored to be here because I, I really like the the... Uh, group that you mentioned as well and a big shout out to Jennifer too and it's it's important to have these safe safe spaces where we can discuss about our lives but also about our sexuality and you know our relationships and things like that everything that a person needs in their lives really is uh, is something that I I personally have not had an easy life and finding eventually that everything I need is inside me it's just so awesome it's just mind-blowing it's something that I kind of really is it that simple why we always are so anxious and going on in our heads and you know that mind monkey and then you actually have it in your body it's just really really beautiful and I suppose that's my 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 mission in the world is to really inspire people to have more pleasure in their lives so that we can have more happiness and peace on earth. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I love that. And I can't wait because that's a new conversation for me. As of like a few months and I'm 35 years old, I'm really uncomfortable with pleasure. So I'm really excited about this. Um, yeah. So how did you get started with your mission of teaching people? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I, I used to be... Um, quite busy mom actually uh, I had three kids still have luckily you know they're beautiful adults now but I mean you know you know go back in time like 10 years I was really busy with I was a politician I had a small holding with animals and we just built the eco house of my dreams and you know it just all became too much and then I divorced and you know I crashed completely crashed and it's not the proudest moments of my life. And, and to be honest, after a burnout as such, um, gravity that I had, it has taken me, I would say, seven years to actually come out of the other side. But I remember when that happened, 2015, when I really became aware of it, I, I gave an interview for a newspaper to say that I'm resigning from politics. I was not a big shot, you know, I was just a local you know, back in Finland, I'm Finnish. And, uh, and they, uh, I saw the, the, the press cutting, like Facebook sometimes throws these old posts 
about. So I I'd, I'd posted the press card where it says Anne Bland retires from politi- uh, politics and wants to become a selfishly happy woman. And I thought, wow, what the hell did I mean? And I suppose, you know, just 2018, I didn't even realize when I started studying properly tantric sex and sexuality that I'd already told everybody that my brand is going to be Selfishly Happy Revolution because I believe that pleasure is the key. And it it kind of, I don't know how to say it, but it, as if it happened in the back end of my brain somewhere. <laughs> I wasn't even conscious that I'd said that in 2015, that it's all about me looking after my own self first before I give it to others. So it's that kind of, like pleasure is a, is that oxygen mask that they say on airplanes that you have to put on your yourself first before helping others. And it's kind of, if I don't have the happiness, if I don't have the pleasure in my life, how am I going to, you know, if I don't even love myself, I don't have any energy. How can I give it to anybody else? So I need to look after, I'm the powerhouse. I'm the happiness house. I'm the pleasure house for myself first. And then I can give it to others. Then I can show up in the world, become the leader I was supposedly to be, you know, 10 years ago. And I just could, I just didn't have enough, enough ammunition in my powerhouse. You know, it was just wrong way around, wrong way around. And I bet your family and everybody will, you know, your dearest ones, your friends, your communities will love you more when you love yourself. So I suppose that's where it started without me actually being aware. Wow. Yeah, no, for to, for me, for uh, self-love was after I paid my mentor a lot of freaking money. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so how did all come about? I don't know. I, I suppose because my marriage was sexless for years um, and then the burnout happened and I kind of thought, oh, I'm so old now. You know, that's it. My sex life's gone. <laughs> or it is just absolutely ridiculous idea. Um, but I kind of started playing with myself again. I kind of wanted to learn pleasure again. And I suppose it was just very intuitive process for me. And I learned uh, something which is an old Taoistic Chinese practice which is called a jade egg and uh, and that was something that I was able to really learn what pleasure feels to me I was able to tap into the more kind of tantric sex side of things where your sexuality is also your creative energy it's your very life force it's that kind of um, it's also your spiritual energy you know 5,000 years ago they decided that you know they had this understanding of this inner technology that Tantra is, which is very much about using your own energy, your sexual energy into creating the life you want and uh, okay. healing yourself and also even becoming enlightened. So there's all sorts of weird and wonderful things that happened on that path and still is happening and unraveling. And then at some point I thought, well, if this is so profound for me, <laughs> me, you know, I bet there are others who might be interested in that. And I trained as a as a tantric sex, specializing in men's sexuality, actually, and um, and tantric sex coaching. So I'm certified coach. And 
I love it. Absolutely love it. And that's why I started my podcast. It took me so many years to have the courage to show up and actually talk openly about sex and sexuality and and kind of in a fun, joyful way, not coming from, you know, judgment or shame or guilt or any of that, not trauma, but actually trauma informed. But, you know, it's it's kind of playfulness for me that's uh, I suppose the most important because I don't know the answers <laughs> you know you know I don't know the answers but I'm inviting everybody else to come on this journey this adventure with me and to kind of let's figure this out what does it mean to you what does it mean to me and you know can we co-create something absolutely amazing so I am loving everything that you say <laughs> so uh, it's just that like I'm very for people might not believe the people that know me because I'm an extrovert and I'm out there like for certain conversations I'm very shy <laughs> and this one is like super shy for me but I want to know more I want to know everything about it I'm just like super shy right now and it's hilarious <laughs> oh bless you <laughs> so oh. That's oh okay. That's okay. Please don't, you know, it's, it's normal. It's okay. I can come out as a bit overwhelming sometimes, but. No, I love it. You are not, you are not at all. <laughs> Trust me, like without the cameras, we will be talking about everything and anything right now. <laughs> but I'm afraid yes. of what my mouth is going to, what, whatever is going to come out of, out of my mouth. <laughs> well, if I can just, you know, put you at ease with me, you are safe. And yes, exactly. You, t you can just breathe, you know, just yes. <laughs> take a deep breath and oof. Okay, so yes, please teach us more. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, just, you can just exhale. Just let that go. There's so much, you know, that we've picked up over the years, you know, from the society, from our upbringing, everything. It just kind of, you know, just, just. Yeah, um, in Breathing my family, I am uh, from Puerto Rico, and we don't have the sex conversation till like it's too late. We're already pregnant, like we're already expecting a kid, oh. and it's like voodoo talk, and like they're getting a little bit better. But when I was growing up, it was like a no-no talk, and then because of trauma, I learned about pleasure the wrong way because it was taught by my biological father and that's not the person to be teaching you about pleasure. Oh, so I'm so sorry what's been going you. on for you. And can I say something? Yes. I want to validate that and experience that experience that you are now coming out. You know, I don't know. You might've spoken before, obviously, but to say that out loud, more you say and talk the words of trauma, it doesn't actually become traumatizing. So the new neuroscience actually teaches us that trauma, PTSD, for instance, post-traumatic stress disorder happens only when you are not able to speak the words, when you don't have somebody that you can talk to who, who is accepting what you say, meets you with kindness, with compassion, with just, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, 
the problem is that often we are so uh, ashamed that we can't talk about it and then it gets locked in our nervous system it gets kind of it starts making our life decisions it it starts uh ruling our world and we don't feel that we are in empowered space to make decisions ourselves about our sex loves life or our you know love life romantic relationships or whatever there is and and what you've just done is really making the best choice ever that you're protecting yourself taking the sovereignty in a way the empowerment and the freedom that no i'm speaking about this and this is what happened to me and i just wanted to validate that and celebrate your courage to to speak the words because you 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 will heal if you haven't already i don't know but you know this is to you (laughs) thank you so much for that that means the world to me like right now my hands are like hurting because I I keep rubbing them so much of um, anxiety so I want to make sure uh, for the people that can't see me on YouTube you know because they're listening on the podcast that they know like right now I'm in like a little bit of a danger I put myself in the danger zone (laughs) so I'm reminding myself that I'm okay and that I'm safe (laughs) you are safe I don't talk about too much about it. Um, I I give hints here and there of what I have gone through, but it wasn't till um, like six months ago that I was able to say, I haven't said it on the podcast, but I said out loud, I am a survivor of incest. So, and then uh, through that, by able to say it out loud, I have been able to get rid of the shame and guilt that I and responsibility that didn't belong to me. And whoo, I did not expect this podcast interview to go that way, but it, it feels really good to say it right now. I'm I'm comfortable. So anyway, I, and I don't want to turn it about me. I will turn it back on you soon. <laughs> so uh, then, um, and in January, I did a retreat, uh, Her Majesty retreat with Portia Newton. That's my mentor. And I was able to say it in front of 10 people. And, you know, it felt it felt good to finally say it. And like, I want to say it more because I don't want to be known for my trauma. You know, I don't want to be that my main thing, but it's part of my life. I can't do anything about it. I can't change it. I wish I could. Lord knows. I wish I could. So now it's just getting comfortable. So now um, my mentor has been teaching us pleasure in like the little things, but there's such a big wall that I still carry around myself. And even though shame and guilt is a little bit less than before, it's still hanging around. So that's why I'm loving this conversation because pleasure isn't everything. It's not just sexually. And then, um, what was the other thing on that one? Oh, anyway, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but just thank you so much for this. I, I am grateful. No, you, you, it's, you. My, it's, it's really my pleasure because this is what I do. I'm, I'm not trauma coach, but I yeah. am trauma informed <laughs> coach. And I really 
work with people who are in a space like you that they've already figured out their trauma it's more integrated and you know I don't know if you noticed but you you had a lot of awareness in your what what you were just saying there that yes I'm not my trauma I know it happened but I'm so much more I am so much more that's not me. It happened and I'm talking about it so I can heal it. And I can also allow other people to come to that safe space with you where you can say, yes, this happened. But to talk about it will be healing. It won't become PTSD when you can talk about it and you can get help for that. You know, you, if, if you have, if there's any listener who feels this too triggering, and too um, overwhelming, I would strongly advise to find a good therapist and deal with that trauma and, and start speaking about it because it's that secretiveness that becomes PTSD. You know, it's that the shame doesn't come just like that. It comes from that secretiveness. And for a, for a child, you know, to, to bear that burden is just, it's unbelievably hard it is so hard and to be able to lift that burden by opening like you said to 10 people I mean that's tenfold you know you, you're liberating yourself you're gaining your freedom it doesn't have its you know grip on you anymore so much yeah but you can I... see how much awareness you have you already have that you know that you know can I swear Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, fuck you. I'm not, you know, I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a victim. I'm taking power back. I'm getting my power back by talking about this. And I'm going to, you know, nail this. You know, this is not going to identify me. But it is part of me. But it's not me. Yeah. I love that you made that distinction and uh, yeah, for anybody uh, that is listening and um, they have gone through it or whatever, I just want to send them a huge hug and tell them that they're not alone and validate that, the, that you have to say it out loud. I know it feels crazy and you're alone and nobody else has gone through it but you but there's sadly there's more of us out there and abuse trauma comes in so many different types and for me i have a phd in every single type of abuse uh because of him and in a way i am crazy to say but like grateful just because of giving others hope and understanding that you don't have your darkest days doesn't have to last forever and the more that you reach out for help and support the better you will feel and little by little you you will get to the point that you love yourself again and it's crazy yeah. to say because i didn't think that i was gonna get here but i have almost two years of self-love journey and oh, just gosh. talking about it and now with the podcast bringing amazing experts on different topics 
that helped me out and definitely didn't think that this conversation was going to go there. <laughs> but I'm glad just, you know, to finally just say it and like, like that, not be a victim of my story, but say, no, I am a survivor of this. I survived this, you know, I thr I'm thriving now after so <laughs> I love that word I love that you oh sorry I'm shouting yeah. I love the word thriving because you know that is exactly the journey it's like the first step is always the most difficult and it's the most scariest and what tantra has taught me is that we are not our because there's there's the classical tantra you know which is the 5,000 years old and uh it 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 happened in in india and china and nepal and and even in tibet and even in japan but when it came to to, to the states it was in the 60s and it started to get more sexual it became like a tantric sex it's a it's called neo tantra so anyway so i kind of uh know a little bit both and i i really want to uh bring the tantric sex to the forefront because I believe it's going to become mainstream just like yoga did you know a couple of decades ago uh, because we need a new sexual revolution that starts from within yes. that's my belief but uh, the um, now I lost my thought thought um, oh what I was going to say I was going to say yes so the first step is it's very yes. scary the the reason for it is that we think we believe that we are our emotions and we are our thoughts so what Tantra taught me is that we are not just our emotions and our thoughts. That's part of our humanity. You know, that's why we are human beings. That's why we're on this planet. And that's true. It's real. It, it, we are here, but we are so much more. We are also our consciousness. We are also awareness. We, we can be aware that we are aware. And that's a very spiritual, if you like, um, philosophy of Tantra. And, and you can kind of pendulate. What you did there is that you were feeling the feels. And this actually modern neuroscience confirms this. This is very, very modern as well as very ancient. So basically what you just did there very skillfully was that you pendulated, you kind of, you know, went back and forth. Oh, I can feel, I can feel, you know, I'm, I'm anxious. My hands, I'm rubbing, my hands hurt because I'm rubbing my hands so much. So you're aware of the sensations in your body. You're aware of the emotion. You're aware you are getting anxious. You are anxious. But also you had that awareness, you know, that came from above and thought, okay, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually doing this. But, you know, I also want to bring this to the listeners, you know, please believe. And you gave beautiful advice there. So you came with your awareness, with your consciousness. You realized that you are so much more than just your hands being rubbed together and your anxiety. And you were able to rise above that as well and come as an educator, as a as a as a peer, as a as a console, you know, somebody who has compassion and love for somebody else who's gone through the same things or similar things. So you can see that there are different, you know, parts to us. We have we are spiritual beings, but we're also human beings. And we need to, in our daily lives, we're here. A little bit like you said, in a way, you're you know, it's it's tricky, isn't it? You said that you're kind of grateful it happened to you because you can now ease other people's burdens. And uh, it is a sad state of affairs, for sure. And I think that there, there are schools of thought, you know, where people are saying that we need to suffer to become enlightened. 
I don't believe so. I believe in Tantra, you can get enlightened just like that. You know, it's a when it can happen like a split second, all of a sudden it just, and you know, your mind expands. You don't need to like, it, that's why yoga and Tantra actually separated at one point because in India they decided that Tantra is not good it's too sexual it's giving people too much power so yoga Hatha yoga got separated from Tantra and that's how it survived in India and Tantra was actually forbidden in India so what happens is that when you have the understanding and power of your sexuality which is your life force your very you know uh, living force um, and you can start using that for your own healing and benefit. You become powerful. But when that, that can happen very quickly in yoga, the philosophy separates. They teach that you need to kind of do the asanas, you uh, asanas, and you need to need to do the pranayama, the, the right breathing techniques, and you need to meditate and you need to do that for decades and decades before you can become enlightened. In Tantra, it's not so. Sexual energy can just rise up your spine, you know, very quickly. It's called Kundalini. And it's uh, it's in um, where your cervix is, if you are a, a pussy-owning uh, body. And if you are penis-owning body, you, you have it in your perineum. And it's that kind of uh, fourth vertebrae where that uh, energy is lying in every single body, regardless what your gender or your biology is, it's there. And that's why I feel Tantra is very inclusive as well. You know, it's not gender biased in that sense. And what happens is that that starts opening up in your spine. You know, the doctors, uh, you know, the caduceus, you know, the, the symbol of medical doctors with the kind of a shaft and then there's two snakes going around. Yeah. So that's actually, a, it's a very ancient symbol for Kundalini. So that's the spine. And the two snakes are two energies. The other one is consciousness. The other one is, is um, uh, energy flow. And it starts going, you, you know, the yin and yang, if you like, in a sort of Chinese tradition. And when they start rising up in the spine, for whatever reason, and we can discuss that later, it's, uh, it's when you start getting more enlightened. And they kind of come together here in your in your head in your in your um, pineal gland and uh, pituitary gland and shoot out in the universe through your top of your head the um, chakra system if you're familiar with that wasn't traditionally part of that it was more in the 60s when it was you know brought into the west but it wasn't so much into the in in the classical tantra but there there is that kind of understanding that we can create energy points anywhere in our bodies and in daoistic tradition they talk about tantians you know there's one in lower belly one in heart one in your third eye in your forehead and there are different traditions but they talk about the same thing it's about circulating your energy to heal your blockages if you want you know if you have a broken heart you know you can heal your heart and start receiving and giving love again or if you if you have a you know a sexual trauma you can start healing your uh, lower um, belly area your pelvic floor and your genital areas and also if you if you can't speak properly because you're so afraid of using your voice you can start 
healing the, the throat energy here. So there are lots of things you can do with the sexual energy. It's not just sex. It's, again, so much more. And I suppose this is the thing that most people, you know, when they think about Tantra, it's just, oh, let's do some very slow massage with lots of oils. And, you know, you know yeah. it's boring. <laughs> it's boring. When, when can we get into the real thing? And it's one thing, yes, but it's not the whole thing. And I think everybody needs to find their own way. I believe so much in that self-sovereignty and you know, uh, what did you call your majesty course you did or something? Um, her majesty retreat. She, she's, a. oh my gosh, I'm gonna mess it up, but it's something sonomic, sacred sexologist. So I, I'm messing it up, but she is a sexologist. Somatic. Would that yes. be somatic? I think yes, so. Somatic means embodied. So it just means that you, again, I think it's beautiful because you've got, you, you're not going into your monkey mind and your thoughts and kind of, oh, I'm not worthy. I don't deserve or I'm ashamed or all this kind of self-judgment and critical voice we all have, you know, but when you go through your sensations like, oh, my, my hands feel tingly and, you know, there's, there's pressure on my heart area or I have bounding in my temples you know throbbing you know sensation or or I have numbness in my in my vulva or you know when you go through your body how it feels what sensations you have in your body you gain so much information and if you can start speaking from those parts you know what does that what what do what do your hands want to say if you get curious about your hands, you know, what is this rubbing of hands? You know, what, what, what do my hands want to say? Yeah. I don't know uh, if that resonates at all with you, but I mean, it's just very, you, you can start getting curious and even it sounds weird, <laughs> but you can give voice. No, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Because for me, what you're saying, um, danger zone danger zone you're in the danger zone right now um right now I, it passed and i'm surprised that i was able to do that <laughs> like i have done so much work that sometimes it's, it still shocks me that i'm able to go from one to the other because that in the past will put me into a major panic attack and I will feel like the world is ending and, oh, my gosh, I said too much. I need to go and run and hide and nobody could see me ever, ever again. But today, instead, it was like, oh, hold up. I trigger myself. Let me soothe myself and then acknowledge what's happening and come back. So as people that deal with trauma, we are very detached from our bodies because of what we had to endure. So embodiment is something absolutely super new to me. Like two days ago, let's just say that's how super new it is to me, but it's so much better when you can be in your body and be like, oh, I'm feeling anxiety. Oh, I'm feeling love. Oh, I'm feeling peace. Oh, that's something new. <laughs> yeah. And where does it feel? Where do you feel love? I feel love in my chest area. Mm -hmm. I feel love in my arms, you know, or I feel, you know, anxiety in my forehead or in my 
you know, solar plexus. So there are so many places if you can, if you can get awareness, where do you feel the sensation? And what is the sensation? You know, tingling in my hands. You know, it's very important. And if you start, if you let that take its course and pass, you're healing yourself. You're allowing that stress cycle to finish and complete. And you can all the time, that's the key. Yeah, you're, you're so you're so wise. <laughs> you're so wise. And, you know, if you can bring that consciousness as you said, I'm safe, I'm safe. You know, this is okay, this will pass. But you allow, that's again, you know, that spirituality, that consciousness and your human body, you know, working in tandem and kind of pendulating, going back and forth where you keep yourself safe so you don't get into a full panic attack and you're soothing yourself, you are you're finding where you have resources in your body. You know, is it maybe some image that you have if you're religious, your guru or whatever, you know, picture of Jesus or or, or whatever, or if it's if it's a, a scene, you know, like a like a seashore or beautiful nature place that you love, or your pet or your beloved or somebody that brings you, you know, soothes you. So you can use that kind of mind. Uh, uh, help strategy as well, as well as you showed that you were, you know, stroking your hands yourself, you were soothing with your touch. So there are so many strategies you can use when you are going through a stress cycle. But the most important thing is that you allow it to pass, you allow it to take its course. And you know, you're coming out of the other side. It's like a stress tunnel in a way. There is a beautiful book uh, called Your Body Keeps the Score. So yeah. your body actually remembers so much. We talk about it in like at least every other interview. <laughs> and I actually have to read it. I have it at home. But uh, everybody that when the trauma talk starts, somebody's mentioning the body keeps course. Yeah, I was just looking if I have it here, but I, I don't, you know, I must have put it in the in the book box, uh, you know, so I don't have my library anymore because I live in a motorhome. I'm a, I know, I love <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that, like your life sounds so freaking cool right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's something I chose because my children are adults now. And I thought, okay, this is the window of opportunity. My youngest turned uh, 19 in December and she left home. So I thought, okay, this is my time to, to go traveling. I've been mum, you know, I believe a good mum for so many years. And now it's my time to, to do something for me. And, and they think it's a middle-aged crisis, but I think it's my second spring. You know, it's my time to be creative and do what I want. And at the moment, I'm in Portugal, somewhere between, you know, in the border of Portugal and Spain on my way to Morocco. And uh, yeah, it's been two months now. Love it. Oh my God. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I'm over here in Kansas, like, dang it. <laughs> Way to make me feel bad about my life. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean nah, to do nah. that. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, um, so, yeah. Uh, so, how did the coaching? Because you're a relationship coach as well. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I must say also that I was sexually abused as a child. Um, okay. It was an incest, but it was a sexual abuse. And I only discovered it a few years ago. You know, I didn't, I always thought I come from Finland, which is a very liberal Nordic country in Europe and like Sweden and Denmark and Norway, Iceland, we are quite liberal in our sexuality and in many ways, very liberal. And I grew up with having safety in my body and, you know, it was okay to explore your body and maybe somebody else's when you were a child. I'm actually doing a, just before we started this, can I promote my show? <laughs> yes, yes. I'm actually, I was just thinking about the next episode, which I want to talk about five um, healthy stages of, of sexuality in an ideal society. So if we didn't have all this abuse, if we didn't have all this trauma, if we didn't have all this, um, uh, you know, porn and things like that, that that can be damaging. Um, I'm not, you know, criticizing porn as such, but I mean, it, it can become addictive and it can have very harmful uh, models as well. And there's a lot of abuse going on in that industry. And, uh, but anyway, so I was just thinking that, there was that kind of innocence, you know, when, when you're a baby, you know, you start exploring, you start exploring, oh, what's that, you know, your nose, oh, you hit your hand, oh, what's that, and then you hit your willy, or, you know, whatever, and you kind of, oh, what's that, and you start exploring, and, you know, oh, that actually feels quite nice, and it's very innocent, it's very, very innocent, and then we come into playfulness, you know, it's that kind of time when, you know, we're kind of exploring that, oh, your parts are a bit different to mine. And, you know, and 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 we start playing doctors and patients or, or whatever. And let me see yours and I'll show you mine. And, you know, there is that kind of innocent playfulness. And then it becomes pleasurable when we become teenagers. And there is that kind of openness that, yes, you can, you know, there's a lot of education as well. It's still very much about STIs and don't get pregnant rather than, you know, this feels pleasurable for women or this, you know, if you, if you are non-gender, you know, uh, biased, you can do this. So all that is still, um, it's not happening or there, there is no real talk about love and respect and all that. And boundaries obviously is a big thing, but, but there are lots of things that it could be much better. And then you become, you know, to a stage where you start honoring your body as a temple. You start honoring the other person's body as a temple and it becomes a very sacred space. And in the end, you become uh, set into sacred sexuality. So I'm just kind of looking at these different uh, uh, stages of healthy, you know, healthy society, healthy sexuality. And, you know, if we don't have that, can we go back and rewire our nervous system? Can we just do that kind of journey again uh, as if there was no trauma, as if there was no abuse and kind of take back what belongs to us, which is the innocence, which is the playfulness, which is the pleasure, which is the honoring, which is the sacredness. So that's what I'm kind of thinking about the next episode, because I had an amazing, you know, um, the, the second episode was uh, with two ladies. One had never self-pleasured until she was mid thirties. Um, I don't like the word masturbation because it's very, it's got very negative connotation to, from Latin word, which is shameful hand or something like that. So I, I think that's just stupid. So I like to, to use self-pleasure. And uh, 
And the other lady, she uh, she's been doing tantric massage for seven years. People that she don't it doesn't even know. And she said there's so much love, and she's healed her sexual trauma by doing that. And she's yes. she's a single polyamorous person. So that kind of I, I, I kind of what what is making these two ladies? What's the common nominator there? And it is about connecting, reconnecting to your own body. It's about honoring your body as a sacred temple. It's about um, learning what's pleasurable to you without outsourcing it to a man, you know, and there's, there's so much, it's, it's just beautiful. I just love what I do. <laughs> I can talk to you for forever and ever because as you were speaking about childhood, teenage, I could go through it but I felt so much shame and so much like <laughs> I said, I love my family, but they're special. And I learned that my demons at home were hormones in the United States. <laughs> so uh, there was kidding? a lot. No, I wish I was. I wish I was. Demons. Like, so female, is that, is that female hormones or hormones? It's general? because my family is not, I don't want to generalize. It's not everybody, but it, and it's my perspective on my childhood. Let me rephrase okay. that. Yeah. Okay. So they're very Christian. And it's the, it, like, you're going to believe in God or you're going to believe in God. Like, there's no other choice or they're going to slap you with the Bible till you believe in God. So did you get it that you have to believe in God? <laughs> so, and they want to explain things that grownups understand, but children don't. So there was a lot of exorcism and it was just uh, them praying over me with a little bit of oil on my forehead. But there was say things like that. And for me, it was huge. As I talked to my mom, my mom is like, I don't remember any of that. And I'm like, of course you don't. <laughs> but it's the language because as I go back and they talk to the kids and they be talking about Christians, angels and demons and things like that. I'm like, whoa, too much for a kid. They should not be listening to this conversation at all because they're like, whatever you're saying is a, a thousand percent more than what they are capable to understand. So anyways, and then uh, I had 24 cousins and for some of them, there was a lot of exploring because you, you're, you're explaining the innocence and everything like that. And I don't look at it as an abuse. I don't see it as an abuse, but there was a lot of exploring and, you see the innocence. Oh my God, you give me a kiss and it felt good and this, this and that. But you had the shame of like what your family is telling you that there's something wrong with you and this, this and that. And then you come to a teenager. Now you, uh, I think it started like in middle school or whatever. I was already out there. I started watching porn when I was nine. So that, that was, that, that was a lot for a child to be learning about pleasure and all that that things and now fast forward to my 30s is when I finally 
honoring my body. I'm finally acknowledging the things that are happening and not feeling shame if I do feel pleasure and things like that. So I, everything that you were saying, I could picture a part of my life and like healing that part of myself. That is okay. So thank you so much for that. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's a very normal way, but somehow society makes it makes it ugly and sinful and bad. And I suppose that's why there's lots of pedophilia as well, because people get confused. Adult, adults get confused what the innocence and playfulness of a child's sexuality is about. It's not sex. It's not sex. It's innocence and it's playfulness. And that's where it should be left. It's not something that belong, you know, children's, you know, sexual energy play doesn't belong to adults' sex lives at all. And I suppose that's the thing because uh, the the children's, you know, the, the sexual energy is a life force. So children are full of energy and lots of adults are envious of that. You know, they, they can kind of tap into that energy and get confused that it's sexual energy which it is, but it's not sex energy. It's not something to be exploited or abused. So we need to really have these ideal societies where we can talk about these things openly and we can have the, we can see, you know, that, oh, the children are going under the blanket, you know, to five-year-olds, you know, and they just came from the swim and they are half naked and, you know, and then you realize that all the other clothes of, you know, the, the swimsuits have gone off as well. So, yeah, they're, they're exploring. They're having playful time, you know, just understanding why, why are your bits different to mine. And that's okay. There's no shame in that. And it doesn't mean that you can go and join them. That's an I really can't imagine, like, having... Uh a childhood where everything was okay, like nothing was like super bad or super wrong or, oh my goodness, like I can't, I'm like, oh, I can't imagine because of me, you know, it it was wrong. This conversation, I, I still don't have this type of conversation with a lot of people. And I'm in my thirties, you know, if I'm uncomfortable, like a lot of my friends are even worse than me when yeah. it comes to sexual pleasure and learning about our bodies and things like that. So I, I love it. Your mission is so necessary. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a co-creative space, isn't it? I mean, you're doing it now. You are creating this space in your podcast. You are showing that this can be done differently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is true too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try. <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, that and, was... and and if you think about, can I can I just uh, sorry, I interrupted no, you. No, you go ahead. No, I was just I was just curious about the uh, nine year old and porn because obviously you're so much younger than I am. In my in my years, it was porn magazines, you know, that you might have found under under the bed of your parents or something like that, or in the cupboard somewhere behind the book bookcase or you know hidden somewhere and you're kind of oh what are these beautiful ladies <laughs> why don't they have why don't they have clothes on <laughs> I had two different kinds so when I started reading my mom used to read novels and sexy novels and to this day she's like no I'm a Christian I was like well when I was growing up you wasn't 
<laughs> and I started reading them and she couldn't believe it or whatever. So, and then in the 90s, cable came in and you had to put the code one, two, three, four. And the adults were talking about the code, like children can hear it. And guess what? There were some channels that needed a code. So nine-year-old Francie went and put one, two, three, four <laughs> and got a reality check of woo, a lot of stuff. And I learned uh, by then, you know, I was already uh, learning how to pleasure myself. So I have always been comfortable in that part on that one. And like, for me, I need it because if not, I'm going to jail. Somebody's going to get hurt if I don't get uh, some release. <laughs> and um, then I had, it, it was like down the line cousins. So like third, I, I got, I can go up to six generations of cousins we're, we're not even cousins anymore, but we grew up <laughs> like cousins. And one of the him, uh, he was uh, 13, I believe, and I was nine. So there was a lot of exploring for like a couple of years or so. And um, but yeah, so that that was my introduction to sex. Yeah. So not yeah. the right way, not the most great way or whatever but yeah, I, I i would not say what's right and wrong it's what happened it's Thank what you. it is and yes. you, know, you need to you need to make sense it's what meaning you give to it you know it's your it's yours and it's your choice how you define it now i'm just jealous of that nine-year-old because like she was way more comfortable in her body than i am in my 30s so uh yeah props she's to her still, I she's guess. still yeah. there she's still there she's still <laughs> there you just need to tap into her say like, come on girl oh, man. let's I do this thought about that in <laughs> but as you talk about trauma you know you those things come out and now because of the work that i have done I can talk about it and be okay with it, you know, not go back into shame or like, oh my gosh, once again, I said too much. I already said too much on this podcast interview, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's me. Like, I like to have this type of conversations for people to get different perspective because like right now, like when I listen back to this interview, because I do listen to my interviews again, um, I'm going to get a huge change in my perspective on how I see my life, um, the things that happened to me in the past, and just giving myself permission that it's okay to feel pleasure and be a wild card like I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there is that there is that um, awareness again coming coming into play. And also accepting that little nine-year-old and and just really loving her and you know tapping into her energies as well because we need to let our inner children play every now and then even though we are adults but I mean you know there's 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 so much to be said that if one day you want to have a pillow fight with somebody just because you feel like you're seven-year-old or or you know you want to jump on the bed you know just like a four-year-old just go for it you know it's that there is that you know. Uh, our inner children need to play as well and you know they need to be expressed every now and then but when it comes to sex sex you know I think it's always very healthy to then kind of 
you know, come from your more empowered adult self and kind of, yeah, you know, I, I get this. This is this is what I want now. And this is pleasurable to me. But you have to have that journey first to find what's your pleasure. What gives in your body pleasure to you without needing to always necessarily go to porn? I don't know if you watch porn anymore, but you don't need to answer. But it's just something that, you know, it, it's, I think there is some, because what happens in our bodies, let's go back to the neuroscience, is that when we learn to, for instance, orgasm in a particular way, it gets like a, it becomes a highway highway of pleasure it's like oh i know this is how i get off you know this is how it works and your brain goes oh yeah i know what's happening now this is this is going to explode in a minute you know and the, the life is just peaceful and restful again and you know <laughs> happy place but if you want to have different experiences you can re what's really cool about our bodies is that you can rewire your nervous system and you can learn to have pleasure in so many different ways as well but it might take time and you might need to do what's called a blended pleasure where you still do your old thing, but you also do something new. And when you do that parallel at the same time, you know, your body starts thinking, your brain starts thinking that, oh, hang on, that's that's pleasurable. I know what's happening now. Now we're going to come. But then, oh, that's something different. But it starts kind of by association, if you like, thinking that that's also pleasurable that, you know, plan b that new thing is also as pleasurable as plan a so you're kind of rewiring your neuronal pathways differently so that you can have actually different types of you know network of pleasure and more you can do different types of pleasure you can just teach your body to have pleasure about everything or anything if you want but you kind of have to start first you know doing that blended stuff where then when you just before you, for instance, orgasm, you can stop doing what you normally do, but the brain is already thinking that, yeah, we're on a highway to pleasure. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, but that didn't happen. But actually, we already know that this is also pleasurable. So let's orgasm this way as well. And that's why lots of women who, for instance, haven't, there's, there's a majority of women around the world who actually don't orgasm with P to P, so penis to pussy, because it's it's intercourse is not what we've learned. And we've maybe learned pleasure differently. Uh, and that is stronger. And uh, and that is something that, especially with porn, where women just orgasm, you know, in two minutes and with the cue, you know, this is where you orgasm. And, you know, it's yeah. just <laughs> acting. It's acting. It's not true. It's a film, you know. <laughs> And and that's not very helpful because then women think that they're broken somehow because they don't orgasm in two minutes with the penis inside them. So so there are ways you can actually teach your body to to start feeling more pleasure with that way or whatever the way is that you want to experience pleasure. So, um, you know, it's it's good news in that sense, I would say very hopeful. My uh, my mentor triggered a lot of people in TikTok because she said that it takes like an average of 45 minutes for a woman and men were triggered <laughs> and women were like, well, that's why I will never, ever have one. But the point of she was making is that it's so much more than just the orgasm. Like we have to be relaxed. 
we have to be like in the zone, the environment, because let me tell you, like if my man is washing the dishes, woo, I am ready for some action, you know, <laughs> but like if you're stressed and then you're just going to have a quickie, like that, that's not going to work. And um, for me, I can't comprehend that because I'm the type that if I don't have like three or four in one session, I'm like, well, this was pointless. Like, are we going to do it again? And I, it, it, it's something wrong with me. Well, celebrations to you. You're one of the rare <laughs> women you. who are multi-orgasmic. <laughs> you know, it's not, it doesn't happen, you know, that easily. And lots of women would be very envious about, you know, just having know. one. Not to mention having three or 20 in a, in a session. Because <laughs> they, they can't comprehend like that. Because just to get one alone is a lot. Yeah. But it comes out of being very sexual. I have always been, yeah. you know, since yeah. a, a kid. And now it's more of like I'm being in embodied. Embodied. Yes. Embodied. <laughs> And like more uh, of self-aware of what I want and speaking it out loud because I do have a problem with yeah. speaking stuff because uh, in my culture, uh, ch uh, children are to be seen, not heard. And there's a lot of hush, hush, don't, don't, don't talk, don't talk. And that gets imprinted in your head. Mm -hmm. And then as a grown up, you want to talk, but you're like, you forget that you're a grown up and you can have a, a, your own voice. So I'm jealous of my little cousins that now are like speaking and they will tell my aunts or stuff like, no, you can't say that. And you're like, what? You can do that? <laughs> I didn't know that. So now that I am speaking my voice and uh, speaking more of what I want, it's a lot easier to be in the moment too. And the detachment, I had to detach. So I couldn't be in the moment. And now being in the moment is like makes it more even more pleasurable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's again, you, you might not know, but actually you are very much into tantric sex already. <laughs> because <laughs> one of the things like that we <laughs> one of the things that we, we discussed in the in one of my episodes is is that um that tantra is very much about presence. It's about really being present because lots of people are in their heads. They're anxious that there's performance anxiety. You know, they might be just thinking, oh, what, what should I cook for dinner? Or this is boring. This is not what I actually find pleasurable or whatever it is in the past and in the, in the future. And with Tantra, the, the, the whole idea is to be embodied in your body and in, in your five senses. So really being present, what you hear, what you can see, and what you can touch and feel, even what you can taste and what you can smell. And it's all that, all those five senses bring you into the present moment. And if you can be in that and you can, you can really, really, I mean, that's, that's the most delicious thing to, to be present in the moment. And it is also the sexiest thing for the other person. And I think lots of men, for instance, don't understand that, that you need to be present in your senses so that women can feel and sense the 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 um the sexual energy and if you're in a same-sex relationship there's always one of the persons who are more kind of it takes um um uh, it swaps sometimes but 
often there is one who is more dynamic and more initiative making and that person if that person is fully present in their five senses that is the most sexiest people tell me is that true is that is that is that something that you 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 is that something you can identify with (laughs) i'm i'm about to say too much again (laughs) so i'm in a poly relationship there's one male and two women so i can see all of that and more so (laughs) i am picturing and everything how much our sex have changed because of my uh, sexual trauma healing and work now it helps her too with her anxiety and to become more on her body and now right now she's struggling with insecurities because uh, she's seeing my journey as like healed from what she met six years ago so it's a little bit intimidating but it is uh, intriguing for her to start reaching out and feeling herself yeah. more and stuff like that. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. This is really good, and 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 congratulations again for that awareness. And you know, you can help her so much. And and one of the things is that I one of the key messages I want to convey always is that pleasure is your birthright. You know, that is something that everybody needs to understand that it's not sinful. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's not something that's bad. You know, it's it's something that is, you know, you were born with pleasure. You know, pleasure, your needs were met when you were hungry. You know, you can have it again, you know. You know, just like as a baby, you know, you were looked after. So same way with your sexuality, the pleasure is yours to be had, even if it's been lost for a while for some particular reason you know it doesn't have to be a particular incident like like incest or or, or you know a sexual abuse uh it can be just cultural context like you said there's so many things mm-hmm. that you heard that uh didn't did feel actually quite traumatizing and so many things that even now people are saying uh through media through pr you know how you know, bodies are sexualized for commercial, you know, purposes, you know, there's all that abuse that we can see, even words people say, you know, there are different languages that have very different meanings to whether it's about, you know, hormones, whether it's about menopause, whether it's about female genitalia, or, you know, whatever. So, you know, it's just in English language that you are, oh, don't be a pussy. I mean, for goodness sake, how strong is pussy? And that's to kind of trying to convey that if you are a pussy, you're a coward. You know, you don't have any courage. And yet pussy is the strongest organ. Girls, say it out loud. Thank <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, that's offensive. <laughs> you're calling me strong, not weak. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, but I mean, that's the thing. That's a beautiful. I don't know if you if you've come across with Mama Gina and her book called Pussy. If oh, you no. haven't, yeah, please no. get it. Because <laughs> that's Regina Townhouse. Because uh, it, it's hard, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling like a different person right now, and it's so crazy, and I love it. <laughs> 
but yeah, saying pussy or things like that, it's like, oh, the little girl comes out like, oh, I, I said a bad word. I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> well, you need to reclaim that. All right. Now you're an adult, you know, to say that is my pussy. <laughs> and she is going to grab back <laughs> i love it i love it um I, yeah i want to be i could talk to you for hours and hours and hours thank you thank you thank you so much for this conversation thank you for your mission uh where can my followers find you uh my podcast is called tantric sex for lovers and others because i wanted to be inclusive of all genders and all all different relationships but also single people and uh, it's all all podcast platforms I hope uh, it's quite new and also I can be found on Instagram and Facebook and I believe in Pinterest and LinkedIn as selfishly happy with Anne Bland and it's Anne with an E so Bland by name but not by nature <laughs> love everything about you <laughs> oh <my goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you thank you so much is there anything else that you would like my listeners to know that pleasure is your birthright and i believe on my website which i didn't mention is selfishlyhappyyou.com uh, there is a pleasure guide that I wrote. I don't know how the technicalities work yet. You know, it might not be easy to download, but you can contact me uh, through, you know, uh, social media, for instance, and ask for me to send it. But it's a pleasure guide. It's called Pleasure is Your Birthright, Seven Holistic Sex Tools. And I'm talking about Tantra, really, about uh, breath movement, sounding, energy, you know, all that kind of stuff, focus, intention, you know, how you can be more present. And I think it would be lovely if people wanted to, it's free. It's, it's just, you know, something I wanted to write because I want to inspire people to really own their pleasure, own their bodies and really find what works. Well, you sure changed me. <laughs> so thank you. You so changed yourself, girl. <laughs> because this kind of conversations I only have with my mentor, Portia. Like we talk about everything and anything. And that's why I was like, this is not Portia. <laughs> you cannot be talking like you're talking to Portia right now. <laughs> You've done so well. I want to honor you, honestly. Thank you so much for being so brave and vivacious, you know woman you know it's just absolutely amazing you know what 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 are you doing it's just beautiful it's empowering it's inspiring for others and as people you know have gone through trauma as well they know that it you know you're a beautiful example that it can be overcome thank you yeah i say your darkest days do not have to last forever Everything has a season. Everything is temporary. I know it feels like it's forever, but forever is just a little, little tiny. Because for me, all the trauma and everything is like two years of my life. Yeah. And it has carried over for decades. Yeah. Wow. But it was just two years. Just, yeah. well, seven years living with him, but the main uh, thing was actually like six months and it was like the huge thing that you would have thought that it happened from birth to today and I haven't seen him in 13 years and 
it's been six months that I have felt free and, and into myself again and all of that. And I'm 35 years old. So I'm just giving hope that it, it is possible. It is possible. Exactly. Exactly. And congratulations. And always when the, the, the in the day when the, the, the hour is darkest, the dawn will come. The hour before dawn is always the darkest. Thank you. <laughs> well, oh my God. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really had a pleasure, <laughs> a pleasure talking to you. <laughs> my no pleasure entirely. <laughs> oh yep. my god i'm gonna follow follow you on all social media so thank you thank you thank you um yeah no but anyways <laughs> for <laughs> thank you so much for listening to another episode uh hope you have a blessed day uh you can find my podcast in every uh major platform her information will be in the description of this episode and for my youtubes uh like and subscribe you know the deal <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. -bye. Bye.